Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I am Josh McElwain, aka Three-Eyed Sloth, one of your hosts, and with me is the other host who is always here, <gasps> Mr. That's me. I am always here. It's true. Now that you mention it. The <laughs> <laughs> DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac. And for today, we're going to focus on episode number 114, All Your Base. Are belong to us. Uh, that to other me part's not there, but that's not important. And that featured the amazing Matthew Colville. And we are going to also tie back to DMnastics number 95 Building Better Bases. Love that alliteration. Good job. Yes. So for this one, I scoured the internet. I don't, I actually don't think I scoured. I think I took probably like 30 seconds and found something amazing. It was a very short scour. And I found the Stoneholm Dungeon, and I want to give a shout out to Monkey Blood Design, and, because they're the ones that made it. And it's an awesome little map with... It's very pretty. It's very well done. I think my favorite is the Compass Rose that has an Ooh, axe with a I didn't even notice that it. until you mentioned that right now. That's very good. Yeah, it's a super well done map, so definitely go check it out on the forums, and or check out the other stuff they do. But I essentially threw out the idea that, you know, in your players, it's something they always do. We talked about it in the episode. They eventually take over a dungeon and want it to be the base. I mean, it's what my players did in the game I'm running now. So, and I know it's what I do as a player. So it's very common. So the idea was to sharpen our skills as dungeon masters, pick a room and act as if you were a player saying, I want this room to be this cool thing because it is now our base of operations. And then the next DM in the forums would task themselves with accomplishing that in some way and then present their requests. So on, so forth. I guess the only logical way to do this would be <laughs> state my request and then I'll kick it to you. Okay. So for my request, so that we could start things off, All right. I saw room number 19 and I said... I want to turn it into a training area for my fighter. I want it to be the closest thing to a D&D &D danger room that I can make it. I can has all the things. Mm -hmm. You can. You can has all the things. There was a very good response from DM Exitium that replied to you and gave you a little bit of that. But I, I, I'm going to kind of expand on that a little bit, if you don't mind. And I think it would be cool. I know like his his response to to your request was kind of like a more traditional, like actual physical objects, you know, like traps and things that would spring out. But I think it would be cool to have almost like a Star Trek, like hollow, uh, hollow room, you know, where it's like a hollow deck. Thank you, man. I'm going to get so much crap for that. Uh, you can change it. I can edit it out. <laughs> no, we don't edit anything in this podcast. Come on. You that know is, that. that is not true. <laughs> I was thinking like a room that was heavily modified or uh, enchanted with illusion magic. So that way, instead of being at the mercy of like typical traps that you could buy or, or realistically like install and use, you kind of at, with illusion, you know, magic, you can basically do whatever you wanted with that. Because that's kind of what the whole danger room of like the X-Men uh, is all about, you know, like they... They create things that aren't real and, you know, kind of act out those scenarios. So I think totally. that would be pretty rad. 
Yeah, and I don't know why I feel like that's, I mean, just a tangent for a second. Like, I feel like it's an extremely underused concept that is so readily available. Like, that whole thing of the Matrix, like, I know Kung Fu, mm-hmm. is essentially plausible with all of the magic that exists in these Dungeons & Dragons worlds. It's true. It's very so now true. I can know Kung Fu. <laughs> it's also funny because I was just last night watching Edge of Tomorrow. So Ah, very good. Makes very me good think movie. of that as well. So... Next up, though, DMXatium asked to take room number 12, which is a circular room, and wanted to make it into a brewer's cellar to keep casks of fermenting ales and wines. Some might even be magical and have properties of common potions. Eh, DM? What do you, what do you think? So the <laughs> the other thing that DMXatium did was actually linked to the stronghold rules that Matthew Coville has put out. I'll put a link into those in the show notes because they're super well done and definitely worth checking out. So Dr. Deuced took the call and he also has an amazing avatar picture because he has a giant beard and an even larger drinking horn. So check that out. You can like fit most of his beard in his drinking horn, which is very impressive. Indeed. So they took DMXTM's idea and ran with it because the circular room has another circle inside of it. So essentially taking that as inspiration and saying that there is actually a well hidden in this room. So it's perfect for getting all the water that's required for making and brewing different types of things. And they gave the what I feel is like a really good bonus where essentially if you drink the ales that are made from this, you receive 1d4 extra healing when you're healed on a short rest. I feel like it's a really good way to give the player what they asked for, but not giving them too much. Yeah, exactly. And then there's just an inherent amount of money that the brewery can make based on, again, the stronghold rules that Matthew Coville put out. So, which is another thing that I did as a player. I came up with the ferment drink instead of purify and then I would, every town we would go to, I'd, I'd always go to the tavern and try and sell some. So there you go. It's very good. Well, now that we've got a couple examples from the forums out of the way, we are going to lift the mental weights right now. Ooh, I'm ready. My arms are, they're bulging with mind power. That's how that works, right? I don't think so at oh. all. <laughs> I need to get that checked out then, because... Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. All right. I've got one ready for you if you, uh, if you want me to kick things off. Perfect. Which right. one do you want me to turn into something? So there's a lot in, in this map, and I won't try to be too specific about the map, because you know I, there'll be a link to it, I'm sure, but just in case you don't see it it's your typical dungeon you've got a lot of different rooms that i'm sure it like square rooms and stuff that are big enough to to hold people like belongings and stuff so my idea uh kind of a twist on a very common dungeon room most dungeons will have like a barracks or something like that where they have beds for like soldiers or whoever happened to live in that dungeon um but my idea was that for adventurers converting this to their own base would be to convert it into some kind of barracks for their own like family, perhaps. It's a it's an idea of like D and D adventuring that I feel like never really comes up. Like most adventures are either single or like oh my family's dead or that kind of stuff, you know. But I like the idea of like what if this adventure, like one of the adventures in this party, like had a family that like was maybe from this region or 
is maybe traveling with them, like maybe, you know, on their journeys, maybe they have a family that's kind of part of a group or a caravan or something that that's all, you know, kind of traveling along uh, and they need to create a new kind of base to live in. So you could convert that into like a living quarters, like for a player's family, like where they live essentially. And I feel like that would be a neat kind of a twist on a, on a very typical trope. So build that for me, do it, make it. I want it. No, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I really like that idea because I would want, and I mean, this is what I would want hopefully for the backstory to kind of make it so that they live. I don't know of a nicer way to say that because (laughs) that's one of the scariest things about having a family as a player is that the DM will use that against you. Mm -hmm. The, thing that I thought of was that the parents were adventurers, all the brothers and sisters were adventurers, and essentially this is the place for those who have stopped adventuring, but still they have capabilities. So then it's almost like these are the people that help kind of run the dungeon while you're not there. I would almost want each player to pick a relative or someone close to them that would live in the dungeon because then it's one of the safest places for them and i wouldn't want an entire family so it doesn't overshine or outshine rather the rest of the players you know like we go back and josh's character his entire family lives here so then it's josh and i talking to each other and me trying to make up a bunch of brothers and sisters that's right so rights man we've all moved in it's ours now they don't let anyone (laughs) they don't let anyone else in the party in here yeah Perfect. But no, I would definitely carve out like an area for them and almost kind of make it where it's theirs in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways where, you know, and it's not really an area of the stronghold that the players go to because this is where a family lives now. And also, though, like I said, really making it so that the dungeon continues to run and function because these people take it upon themselves to essentially do things because they are getting to live in this very secure place. I like it. I approve. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> All right. Now it's your turn. All right. What can I make a reality for you? I mean, you already had your like danger room thing, so you technically are getting two today. It's very, you should feel very spoiled. So I'm actually going to toss an idea out to you and ask actually how you're going to twist it and use it against me Ooh, to make okay. it more interesting. So on the forums for your avatar, we actually created several custom fields that you can fill out. One is your favorite D&D class, and the second is your favorite D&D race. So I put Dwarf Cleric. So I want somewhere that I can pray to my deity Moradin. So what could... What could you give to me to like make me feel like it's a place that I could call home, if you will? And what are you going to do to use it against me? Oh, man. Okay. Well... Let me see. Based on, if I'm looking at this map, and if I use kind of what's been established by this dungeon, there is in the southwest portion of the map, there's like a, almost looks kind of like a chapel or some kind of altar room already established. It's got some alcoves that look like there's maybe statues already there. So perhaps that's something that... Oh, okay. So here we go. So yeah, so that room has already kind of been built to be something like that. So it's easy to convert that into a temple or a small sanctuary to your god. However, because obviously it was being used for some other god before, you know, the previous 
residents of the dungeon, you know, used it for some other purpose. And so kind of using it and converting it, you know, to something that's more suitable for you. Mm -hmm. What you didn't realize or what perhaps has been kind of hidden and unknown is that underneath the altar that like there's a stone altar that's like super old and is built and sitting in like in the far end of the room. And it seems like everything's fine, you know, like it's been decorated with Morden imagery and stuff, uh, iconography to make it, you know, kind of feel more for for you. But underneath it is actually like maybe a small little secret, maybe not like a tunnel, but maybe just like a small little chamber that is full of just like really bad or really dark cultist uh, like stuff, maybe like artifacts or something that's just like tied to some like demonic force or whatever. Mm. And so over time, like as you go there and you spend time in this temple uh, or uh, cathedral, small little chapel to Morden, uh, what you don't realize is that you're slowly like feeling this, there's this influence, this corrupting influence kind of seeping in, but it's so faint that you don't really notice it until maybe it's too late. And maybe like stuff like you've already changed or stuff is already like bad stuff has already started to happen by the time you realize what's really going on. Oh, I like it. I'd buy it. Yeah. I'd buy it as a player. At least for a dollar. All of a sudden have all these like crazy dark necromantic powers. Right. That I spring on the other the other players and then they have to battle me. <laughs> It'd be pretty sweet. I like it. Then I can resurrect this weird dinosaur bones in the middle of the map. Perfect. I mean, that's that's what you do with dinosaur bones. Well, of course. <laughs> so, what's next for you? What's next for me? It's a good question. I'm I'm caught off guard. I haven't thought that far ahead, Neil. Uh oh. Uh oh. I know. Okay, here we go. So, I feel like if we took over this dungeon, it's probably maybe important, or maybe there's a reason why we took it over or decided to like move into it as a base. And maybe the people that were previously here, you know, had it for a reason, too. So I think it's going to be important to properly defend this from others, maybe like people associated with the original occupants coming back forward or whatever, trying to reclaim it. Or perhaps it's a new group that's that's kind of moving in on the territory. Um, So I feel like uh, at the very entrance uh, in room number one, there's like a little star kind of already conveniently there in the in the middle of the room. I think that as our entrance to this dungeon, I think that there needs to be some kind of, I would like some kind of way to safeguard against intruders. So maybe like some kind of trap or something that people, you know, trying to sneak in, maybe like like bad guys or whatever, trying to break into our, our little stronghold are going to be in for a rude awakening if they do. But something that also like people that know what to look for aren't going to be you know, killed for coming into their own home. So that's what I, that's what I want. We forgot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't step on that one. Oh no. Okay. So I came up with an idea. Now I'm trying to think of how to actually, <laughs> actually implement it. So the idea I had would be some sort of magic that detects the right people. So then I also wouldn't want something that, you know, like you said, you got to deal with the negative consequence of you know, some random kid from down the way strolled into your dungeon. And now you got to tell the parents what happened. So what we're going to do is we're going to trap them in this room. Ah, so okay. you have stairways all around with the exception of one avenue. So essentially the one way that doesn't have stairs will just shut off and the stairs themselves will raise to block people into this one room. And then it will alert 
the players. And then I would also want to figure out maybe a more lethal trap once the players want to essentially enact phase two of the trap. Sure. So be that water, gas, acid. All the above. Water, gas, and acid. Mm. Ah, Think about it. I like it. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) I mean, if you just want to make sure that they're dead, you know, maybe they got lucky and happened to drink a potion of acid resistance that day. Like, you never know. Yep, true. We're going to make sure this works (laughs) one way or the other. I like it. That's very good. Thank you. I feel I feel safer now knowing my home is secure. Yes. Okay. So here's my request, DM. I am a dwarf, and yes. I'm going to play off your idea. It is actually my family that has come to the Stonehome Dungeon and have set up shop. Oh, they're dead. And they have done what dwarves <laughs> do. And <laughs> you jerk. They have done what dwarves do, and they have begun to start mining in. The Stonehome Dungeon. Gosh, they can't can't take dwarves anywhere. They just start mining. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. All right. Yeah. Keep going. We're in a normal village. Stop it. <laughs> They're just thatch roof homes. So, I mean, the thing that sparked it is that there's this room. Not room. There's this area off to the side that I, we can't figure out how it connects to the rest of this dungeon. But it's right there. So I would just kind of like the idea of them starting to mine and what kind of things could happen in the mine that, you know, and I would find to be some benefit, you know, and I'd be investing in new equipment and new different things to try and make it profitable or just figuring out the direct profit of whatever they're getting and we're finding kind of thing. Okay. I've got something for you. It's a little bit different than I think what you're, what you're expecting, perhaps. Okay. But here's my thought. What if, so this dungeon this, uh, exists for a reason. Perhaps it was built because it's got, near, at least in the area, in the region that it's built, like it just happens to be full of like latent magical energy. And this dungeon kind of takes advantage of that. Maybe there's like a lot of stuff that just kind of works magically because of like the proximity to like this magic source and no one Mm. no one really knew what it was that caused it but they just knew that like we're able to tap into like this crazy like energy that's emanating from somewhere in this region and we're able to like really do some amazing stuff in in here like animate things you know like just all sorts of really bonkers stuff you know Uh, and that's why this place was really like valuable and then as they mine and they discover, like, there's this vast, like, cavern full of these crystals that are actually the source of the power that kind of powers everything in this dungeon. And maybe even, like, a bunch of things around in the region, uh, just, like, the radiant energy that comes off of these crystals um, is so strong and able to be manipulated that that's what happens. And it's, perhaps it's one of those things that, like, not being dwarves, you know, don't really realize it until maybe it's too late because that's typically what happens with dwarves. They don't, they start just mining things and they're like, oops, we should have mined that. Uh, Perhaps they start harvesting some of these crystals thinking that they're going to just be, oh, these are super valuable. And then it turns out that that causes a disruption to their home. Maybe this Mm -hmm. dungeon starts to like malfunction in some bad ways because uh, the power source essentially for it has been uh, either disrupted or maybe even like cut off completely so or at least broken in some yeah, way exactly like you said and then 
Now we've got a new quest line. And maybe some neighbors <laughs> to the south that were also uh, mooching <gasps> off of your uh, free energy are now pissed that you just cut them off. Change your Wi-Fi password. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I like it. Uh, and I really do think that, you know, and so we've talked about it and I'll, I'll end with this essentially, you know, and you got to take it and you got to make it more interesting. Not only do you give the players what they want, you essentially have to give them what they air quote don't want, mm-hmm. you know, and twisting these things and you know, and the cleric getting tainted because they didn't know there was these evil artifacts under their altar, breaking the magical source that makes the neighbors mad. You know, and who knows what's <laughs> going to come forth when you delve all the time. Oh yeah. I do that at least like <laughs> once a week. Perfect. But with that, sir, I say we've done it. I think once so. Again. And if people want to message us and tell us about the cool ways that they've made dungeons for their players, they can head over and email us at dmnastics at gmail.com. Or you can head over to Twitter and follow us at dmnastics. Or you can follow me at Jotmoniac. Where else could they follow people? Uh, they could follow me at Josh Clyde on Twitter. Or check out my YouTube channel, Pocket Meeple. Just a little shameless plug. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and for everything else on the network, you can always head over to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. We want to implore listeners to join the forums and take part in the challenges and exercises over there, as well as other conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics. So your players don't ask, do you even lift? Oh, I could barely lift my right arm because I did so many. I don't know if you heard me counting. I did over a thousand. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. <laughs>